This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respect to the Wandaroo people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to You're In Good Company, a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone. I'm Maddie and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host Sophie. Hi Mads, we've both got matching drinks tonight, it's pretty cute. Cheers. <laughs> chin chin, <laughs> a bit of um, red Shiraz gin, we're, we're um, combining my love of Shiraz and your love of gin. <laughs> love it, cannot complain, that's for sure. And we are celebrating because FinFest tickets are officially on sale. FinFest, powered by our friends at Stake, is taking place in Sydney on the 15th of October, which seems like far away, but I feel like it's going to come around really quickly. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be challenging the perception that finance events are boring, although hopefully if you are listening to this, you don't really think that. But across multiple stages with over 25 plus educational sessions, some of the best investors and business leaders and entrepreneurs from around Australia. We've got bars, entertainment, food. FinFest really will leave you feeling very inspired and ready to take that next step on your investing journey. Are you sold? (laughs) Not to mention that we're going to be there. Like, is that a sale point? (laughs) First release tickets are $47 and spots are definitely limited. So no matter where you are on your investing journey, FinFest will have you covered with all sorts of tailored sessions. So head to equitymates.com slash FinFest to grab your tickets now and we will see you there. Cannot wait. And one thing that I'm going to be definitely keeping my eye out for at FinFest is crypto. So today we are very excited to be speaking with Kanish Chug from ETF Securities about a new way to invest in crypto. EBTC and EETH are Australia's first spot Bitcoin and Ethereum ETFs, giving you direct ownership of the underlying cryptocurrencies themselves without the need to worry about crypto wallets and security. Here to break down everything we need to know is Kanish. Welcome to Your Own Good Company. Thank you for having me. Kanish, we always start the same way by asking our guest, what is the best thing that's happened to you in the past week? Um, So this is a a bit more of a, a personal sort of um i guess piece of piece of excitement but um i coach my son's under six soccer team he's only he's he's not even five yet so he's he's quite young for the team so just seeing him sort of you know develop and you know start to at least you know know not pick up the ball um you know i remember his i think it was his first game when actually i was i was coaching on the sidelines and i told him to look up and that was more to to look at where the ball was and he looked up at the sky and just started walking around and so now he's actually sort of he's now actually playing and he's now actually you know knowing what to do and yeah so that that's been pretty exciting for mine because i'm actually coaching as well so he, he enjoys it as well nice we love to see the progress and Kanish, if you could have at dinner with anyone, who would it be and why? 
This is it's, this is a tough one actually um, because you know I think given I'm in finance, I'm in asset management and ETFs, I'd probably would be a lot of people may assume that I'd go look maybe in like a Warren Buffett or you know the the, the standard sort of investor type or even like a Bill Gates maybe. But again, it, I'm probably going to run with a bit of a personal theme. It's actually going to be my both my granddads. So both have since passed. One passed last year in COVID and one passed over 20 years ago. So it'd probably be to actually have dinner with them and, and sort of just, yeah, talk to them again because it's been, you know, there's a lot that's happened in my life that I'd like to, you know, talk to them about and actually remember a lot of the things that they've gone through. So they were both part of India when the partition happened between India oh, and wow. um, Pakistan and things like that and some really interesting stories that um, they've, they've told me and it's like oh, I wish I remembered every bit, every bit of detail and actually recorded it so yeah that's probably one there. It's like you don't appreciate it that much until you're much older and really understand the impact of it all. Yeah pretty much I think yeah. And if you could be a stock or company who would you be and why? No surprises, but I went with an ETF given uh, <laughs> work for an ETF provider. Um, I decided to, you know, again, I went with ACDC. So ACDC is our battery tech and lithium ETF. And it's, a, it's an interesting one for me because obviously it hits close to home in terms of trying to, I guess, innovate, look at technology and how do we become better in terms of taking care of the planet and the environment. So that's something that that's close to home. I also am a bit of a car nut. So I love the idea of the electric vehicles and seeing how that is transforming. And so for me, it is ACDC because it's, you've got within that, it's obviously diversified. So it's not one single stock. You know, there's no point in being a single stock. You may as well be a basket. So for me, for me, it was ACDC. <laughs> Spoken <laughs> like a true ETF provider. <laughs> exactly right. When Maddie and I were super bored during, I think it was one of the lockdowns in Melbourne, a seven day lockdown in Melbourne, we decided to do an ETF pitch night. And I think our first pitch was actually ACDC. And watching it back, it's like somewhat embarrassing, but also like, why didn't we like invest more money in that? You know, I know it did very well over COVID. It, it's one of those ones. It's like when we when we launch a fund as well, and I, I've taken a personal investment in, in quite a number of our funds. But it's like some of them, I'm like, why didn't I? Why didn't I go earlier <laughs> with some of these? And especially with ACDC, I remember launching it in 2017, and for yeah, about wow. for about two years, that yeah. fund didn't attract much inflows. It was sort of sitting at about 20 or 30 million for about two years. And that in, in some context, it's, it's, you know, it was like, okay, well, is this a mega trend that people want to invest in? And basically it all changed in about 2019, um, back half of 2019 when um, sort of Biden came out in the election campaigning and talked about how he wanted to build some, you know, electrification programs, etc. And all of a sudden things started to shift and government started to support it. And we saw performance turn around. We saw investments turn around and it yeah, just went, went, I think a lot of people started to really consider it then. So yeah, again, one of those things always hindsight's twenty twenty. I was going to say, I think in investing almost more than anything else, hindsight is a beautiful thing. The amount of times I look back but Kanish, we have you on today to discuss two new ETFs, crypto ETFs to hit the SIBO. And we are going to go into that in just a minute. But we do find that everyone has a different explanation or view about what crypto is. So keen to hear in 30 seconds or less, can you give your best explanation of cryptocurrency? Okay, well, um, 
don't time me on this, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a, I'll give it a crack. <laughs> Look, I think the best way to explain cryptocurrencies is they are a digital form of currency. So they're not associated with a bank, a government, a corporation, and therefore a lot of people will classify them as being deregulated, which I think to many people is why they're most appealing. I think one thing with cryptocurrencies, they can be used for peer-to-peer transactions, in-store, online. We've just seen Gucci um, announce that they're going to accept payment in Bitcoin as uh, Emirates, for example. And the cryptocurrencies as a, you know, as a currency, they're based on the blockchain technology. So without blockchain, there is no Bitcoin or Ethereum. And essentially, the blockchain technology is that public ledger system where you have the public that can verify transactions and ownership. So there's no government, no corporation that owns Bitcoin or Ethereum makes it really appealing because it's in a time of history where there's a lot of distrust. And I think just on those two cryptocurrencies, it was best explained to me by by 21 shares, who are the partner for our two crypto ETFs. Bitcoin is a safe haven asset. It's a finite supply, 21 million Bitcoins that are available or yet to be available, but that's roughly 21 million that you can essentially mine. So therefore, it's like the digital gold. Ethereum is the infrastructure. Essentially, with Ethereum, it is a decentralized blockchain technology. It is a blockchain, really, with a smart contract functionality, and Ether is that native currency for the platform. So if Bitcoin is much like buying gold, Ethereum is like buying a true infrastructure asset. And that's probably probably a bit more than 30 seconds, but yeah. No, I actually love getting people's explanations on this as well, because for us, you know, we're still learning about the crypto space. And I feel like every conversation you have, you just get that little bit extra that you like add to your knowledge and you're like, oh, yeah, I never thought about it that way. So that's good. And as I've said, we don't talk about crypto as much as we talk about things like stocks and ETFs. So how does something like crypto fit into your portfolio? Crypto is really volatile. Look, I'm not going to shy away from that. It is a very volatile asset. It's a new asset class as well. So I talked about Bitcoin being very similar to gold. Gold has over a 2000 year history. And, you know, we're very well versed in talking about gold because we've got the gold ETF, the physical gold product. Um, But Bitcoin's only about 13 years old, for example. So... It's very volatile. It's still a new asset. Now, where does it then fit into a portfolio? Well, firstly, it's for a particular type of investor that can absorb that sense of volatility. So it's not for everyone. Um, Just because we've listed an ETF that allows you to easily access cryptocurrencies doesn't mean you should buy it. You know, it's for a particular type of investor that can absorb. So high risk, and high volatility. It also sits as what I would classify as a growth alternative. So if you think about a portfolio and you know you guys may have talked about you know 60-40, 60% equities, 40% you know fixed income or bonds or cash, um, there is an element of the traditional portfolio that would sit in alternatives. So 10%, 5 to 10% depending upon your risk profile. So that 5 to 10% that sits in alts or alternatives within alternatives it could be hedge funds it could be infrastructure it could be real estate it could be defensive alternatives like gold or it could be growth alternatives such as cryptocurrencies so within that context it's maybe two three percent maybe less within a portfolio it is having some exposure to a really volatile asset but potentially you know, we've seen it go from 5,000 to 60,000. It's now sitting around that 30,000 US mark in Bitcoin. You know, it can potentially, you know, do wonders and do really return for portfolios, but it also can be as volatile and go the other way um, from that perspective. So 
growth alternative, very small allocation within a portfolio. I have to say, I think unfortunately, since I started investing in crypto, it has only been on the down. I think I actually invested like pretty much the day it hit the top for for the first time. So I haven't had the best <laughs> luck there, but I do... I, I have a long-term conviction, but what this is really leading me to ask is, is now the right time to really be thinking about investing in crypto? It, it's an interesting time because obviously we've seen a real big pullback. You talked about the fact that from when you invested in it probably maybe far, four to six months ago, um, there's been this real big pullback um, to where it sits now. It's been hovering around that sort of 30000 mark. We've had some investment banks come out that say their value of, of Bitcoin, for example, is sitting at about that 38,000 US. So it's got a potential 25 to 30% increase from where we are now. Um, when is the right time to invest? I think it's never about timing the market. It's about time in the market. And that's, that's really important, whether it's cryptocurrencies, gold, equities, fixed income, etc. It's about you know, dollar cost averaging into an asset class or an investment. You know, I think that's, these are all things that everyone talks about, but people actually need to then act on those things um, because I don't know when is the right time to invest in crypto. Is it now? Is it going to be in six months' time? It's a really interesting point of, in, in history where you've got inflation running really high. You've got central banks pretty much the only thing they can do to rein in inflation is to raise rates, and they're doing it as aggressively as possible. You know, the Reserve Bank raising rates by 50 basis points. Um, also, sorry, yeah, the Reserve Bank of Australia, the Central Bank, the Fed, doing the same. Um, they're trying to basically aggressively rein in inflation. You've got geopolitical conflicts. You've got lockdowns in China with COVID. It's just there's so much that, to, to unpack there that... With cryptocurrencies, it's sitting around that 30,000 mark US. One thing I was looking at was the sentiment around Bitcoin at the moment. And it's funny, there is this potential you know, idea to look at, well, retail have a lot of cryptocurrency exposure and they've been selling. And that obviously then drags down the price of cryptocurrencies because there's this big sell-off. But we're actually seeing over the past few weeks, and obviously we're, we're recording this in sort of the first week of June, we're actually seeing a real big shift towards institutionals um, buying into cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin in particular. Now, what, how, do, how do we identify whether they're institutional? Well, it's a combination of their balance sheet and also the level of Bitcoin that they're actually buying and taking, taking on. So we've actually seen that start to shift. So... Is, are they telling us something that every all the sort of retail investors that have tried to sell out now, something that we don't know? And so that's why people are using this opportunity now as the, market, the markets come off to buy into it. Um, but as I said, it's, it's not about timing the market, it's time in the market. And that's, that's really important. So you've probably still got your crypto exposure, I assume? Definitely. Yep, there Long you go. Long-term so, holder. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing. With, with any investment such as these, especially as volatile as they are, if you try to time it, it, it can be fraught with danger. So it's about being in that for the long term, especially when you're thinking about a, what is a new asset class. It's going to have a lot of innovation. It's going to continue to develop and grow. And it's usage and how it's being adopted, government policies around it, corporate policies around it. They're only changing. They're constantly changing at the moment. Yeah, something I'm really trying to remind myself of at the moment is if I was willing to buy it back in November, December, then I should absolutely be willing to buy it now at these lower prices. Easier said than done, though, I must say. <laughs> yes, exactly right. 
So I'm interested though, because you kind of mentioned there that, you know, obviously there's a bit of a retail sell-off, which we can quite easily see, but then you say something like, you know, big institutions are buying. How do you kind of find this information about crypto and how do you keep up to date when things do move so quickly? So I think with the cryptocurrency market, it is moving so rapidly. From a gold perspective, if I compare Bitcoin and gold, you know, I look at gold and it is very relatively simple for me to understand what's driving the price of gold the fundamentals behind it and to get access to a lot of information around commodities you know we live in australia so that's easy to do i just have to open up any media publication and i've got that but with crypto it is hard and there's a lot of misinformation as well there's a lot of personal views i think with cryptocurrencies and that's that's the really hard thing because you know, we see the personal element of it, you know, whether you believe Elon Musk and what he's trying to do with Dogecoin, you know, that we'll leave that <laughs> for another time. But um, what I've tried to do is obviously we're lucky enough to have our partner for these products as 21 shares. So they're a Swiss-based crypto fund manager, but they have a raft of information and we have actually been able to leverage their research. So at ETF Securities, we actually publish a weekly crypto monitor. It's sent out every Wednesday or Thursday, and it's then stored on our website. We've got a crypto hub and that information. So I was talking about that institutional buying. I was actually referring to content, that research that 21 shares did, and they were able to send to us and we've published that information for anyone to read. So people can actually subscribe to that newsletter. Um, And that is for me, one of the best forms because it's bite size. It's coming from a reputable source. You know, 21 shares, they've got a team of researchers crypto enthusiasts and experts you know from for me at etf securities i've got to be across commodities equities growth equities um, value equities i've got to be across you know different regions um, cryptocurrencies fixed income etc so it is one of those things where it's like we are able to leverage their their research and their expertise and and that's where i would go to um, for that information yeah sounds awesome and we'll be sure to share the links for that in our episode notes as well because i know it's definitely something i'll be signing up to i am really keen to understand what is your vision for the future of cryptocurrencies i think there's a bit of a an untapped you know potential here for for cryptocurrency so i talked about the fact that in my 45 second i think (laughs) description of cryptocurrencies but i talked about the fact that um you know, there is at the moment, the appeal for cryptocurrencies is the decentralized nature of it. Now, we are actually seeing more corporations actually adopt cryptocurrencies as a form of payment. So I mentioned Gucci and Emirates. They're just two examples. Um, One of the largest group of retail stores in Dubai overnight um, announced that they were willing to or going to start to accept Bitcoin. You're starting to see the domestic banks here in Australia They've all talked about potentially doing something around cryptocurrencies or some most of them have. And again, we're seeing a shift in that investment institutional bank level. So, okay, we've got that element where there is this opening up of doors of digital currencies, whether it's Bitcoin or Ethereum, but the digital currency element. Um, You've also got government. So you've got governments such as in Norway in, you know, again, we're recording this the first week of June, but around this period, Norway actually voted against banning Bitcoin mining, which was a proposal that was put forward to the government in March. Now, they make about 1% of the 
global Bitcoin hash rate. So in terms of Bitcoin mining and production, it's not drastic, it's not massive. But again, it's something to be considerate of that you've got governments that are pushing against banning Bitcoin mining. You've then got governments like Germany who are saying that there are tax incentives and potentially there's tax you know, tax freedom that they, you know, they won't charge any tax on Bitcoin and Ethereum held for 12 months and any gains made for it at the moment, um, whether it's the currency or foreign exchange. So again, that's different to then Portugal, who traditionally is a crypto safe haven and a tax haven. They're starting to look at taxing holders of Bitcoin and Ethereum or and cryptocurrencies and the exchanges. So it's this real dynamic at the moment. Where does the government sit on it? You know, you've got com- countries like Ecuador, who are turning around saying, yep, we are the Bitcoin haven, you know, we'll accept everything Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a currency, it's the future. Um, but that really is probably going to be a bit of a, a hybrid that we will see over time because there will be an acceptance for cryptocurrencies. I think it does take time, though. It does take time. And the launching an ETF on it is just the next evolution of that because you had an asset class that was traditionally only accessible through unregulated exchanges. You now have this asset class, which is available for Australian investors and in Asia Pacific, actually, these are the first products in the whole of Asia Pacific, um, physical Bitcoin, physical Ethereum, that you can access via a regulated exchange. So it is somewhat, I guess, put in an official nature to cryptocurrencies. It sort of gives that bit of a tick of approval. If regulators here in Australia are willing, and we're quite conservative, to, to be completely honest. I think, you know, the past few years, even though we were the first market to launch a gold ETF, we've been ta- we've taken our time. It's taken us five years to launch cryptocurrency ETFs from when we first lodged that first product disclosure statement. So the fact that we can be here now is a step in the right direction. And so that's where I see the vision in the future for cryptocurrencies. Um, And I think Ethereum is a really important one because that's infrastructure, that's the technology. So that blockchain technology, whether it's to support NFTs, you know, the metaverse, et cetera, that's what you're actually gonna be using. You're gonna be using the Ethereum blockchain technology. So that's actually gonna be a really important one for people to look out for. I am really keen to get into the details of the products, but before we do, we're just going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back to hear about all the advantages and disadvantages of investing in crypto via an ETF. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So can you tell us a bit about your partnership with 21 Shares? What is the products that you guys have actually created? Sure. So 21 Shares are essentially the partner that we've used to launch the this crypto fund. So ETF Securities, we are an expert in ETFs domestically here in Australia. We've you know we've got over 4.7 billion under management um, amongst a, a range of ETFs, whether it's equities, uh, leverage funds, commodities, etc. And we've been you know we're coming up to our 20 year anniversary next year actually, so we're the second oldest in Australia. But we aren't crypto experts, and so we partnered with 21shares, who are the crypto fund manager. They are the experts in this field. You know they've got roughly around you know i think it's nearly two and a half billion us that they manage in crypto etps around the world they were, i was talking to them it's funny every day i speak to the team there it's changing they've got over 30 different exposures so 30 different cryptocurrency exposures whether it's you know ripple solano cardano bitcoin ethereum baskets whatever you whatever you name they've got it um and they've got over 130 listings so they've listed these funds across europe across the different exchanges so they are very much the experts and we leverage them to work out what is the best approach in terms of opening up and starting up a crypto etf so the etfs 21 shares bitcoin etf and then there's the etfs 21 shares ethereum etf so ebtc and eth now both of these are physically backed now that's important because we were conscious that we could have in theory bought the 21 shares etps that are listed on the Swiss exchange or the German exchange, etc., they've got these funds available. We could in theory go, yep, we'll just buy these. We'll create like feeder fund where we're just buying another ETF that's listed. That would actually be the easiest, you know, operationally. That would be so simple to do. Um, but we thought, no, it's better to actually provide like we've done with our gold product and the commodities products where it's a physically backed product. Essentially, with those, with, the, with our gold products, investors have a metal entitlement. So they have an entitlement on the gold that sits in the vault. So essentially they own some exposure of gold and they can redeem for the metal. So the same concept we took with Bitcoin and Ethereum. So we have a coin entitlement. So each of these funds essentially has a coin entitlement. And for Bitcoin, investors can actually hold underlying Bitcoin. They've got an entitlement on that Bitcoin that they invest in or Ethereum. They can also redeem for the crypto as well. So it's as close to essentially buying and doing it themselves through a crypto exchange, but we take all the hassle for you. And I think the part there with both of those strategies is we access institutional grade custody. So why is that important? Well, unless you want to be that that person from Scotland who threw out his computer and he's now sitting in the tip and he doesn't know. So many horror stories. <laughs> well, well, there was, I was listening to um, a Bloomberg show and they were talking about, you know, someone trying to type in their, um, their password and the cat jumped on the keyboard and all of a sudden, because you, you oh don't have gosh. many attempts no. and it's like, okay, they've lost everything. So we take all of that away from you. We essentially put it in, institutional grade custody and actually the wallets that we have are insured as well 
they're insured against hacking. So they're insured against the loss of the crypto. So it's insured cryptocurrency that we essentially have. We obviously there's a fee that we charge for that and to do all of that sort of insurance and that that institutional grade custody. But I think that's the key part of it. We're trying to democratize investing in cryptocurrencies and it's not going to be for everyone. So I think people have asked us, well, why would I invest in a crypto ETF? And I think that that's a question in itself, really. You mentioned fees in there. And I know Soph and I often talk about when we are looking into different ETFs and sort of comparing them, fees is quite an important factor. Are the fees higher on this on these ETFs and sort of what is the justification around that? So these ETFs, both of them are charging 1.25% per annum. So if you held the fund for an entire year, that would be your fee. If you obviously held the fund for six months, you that would be halved. So it all depends on how long you hold the fund. Um, the fees are higher, definitely, compared to traditional equity funds or even traditional commodity funds. But this is a new asset class where there are higher costs associated with the custody, the holding of the cryptocurrencies. I think that's been something that was surprising to us because obviously we're very well versed in equity funds and commodity funds and you know we can potentially access those in a much more cost efficient way whereas with cryptocurrencies we were very much surprised at how expensive that custody was now part of that is obviously to do with all the frameworks around you know protecting against hacking and you know all the different technology that's required with it i think it's also a new asset class so you've got new companies associated with this and they're essentially over time as it becomes more institutionalized as they get more experience more cost efficiencies will start to come into play and that will allow us to lower the fees but i think for me what was surprising was the custody fees it was significantly you know multiple times higher than what we've ever had to look at for our existing strategies. And then when I look at the fees relative to overseas markets, so you have Bitcoin ETFs in Canada, in Europe and in particular, um, you don't have one in the US yet, but you do, or physical anyway. Um, it is pretty much on par with what you would see offshore as well um, from that side. But yeah, the custody is, is a big part of it. They should offer a discount if the value of your ETF goes down. <laughs> so then can I ask the question that you said there's a question in itself when you say, why would you uh, invest in a, in an ETF? Is it because it is overall less risky that you have someone storing it for you, someone's insuring it? Is that the reason why people would look towards an ETF? So, Maddie, you mentioned that you've obviously invested in cryptocurrencies already. And you went down that path to say, look, I really want to invest in cryptocurrencies. I'm going to open up a wallet, go on to an unregulated exchange and do that. So that's something that you have done already. But for a lot of people, they've sat on the sidelines. They're scared around doing that or they're unsure. They don't want to take that step, but they really want to invest. You know, they want to invest in Bitcoin. They want to invest in Ethereum, but they're not sure which, which, which exchange should I use? Do I use the one that potentially may get hacked? Do I use the one that potentially shuts down? Do I use the one that potentially is going to be used in fraudulent activities? Freaking I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but, but I, think, I think from that perspective, that, that's where... Well, that, that's why we launched nice. the ETF. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so from that perspective, it is for those people. So the crypto bulls or the crypto um, enthusiasts, they've already done this. It's not for them. Well, it potentially is for them if they want to include it within their super, etc. We're providing a very easy way for them to do so. But 
for a lot of investors. And when we talk to the founders of 21 shares, and that's Hanny and Ophelia. And these are two really smart individuals. Um, I think they're actually younger than me, which, which, is, which is really scary given how much they've accomplished. And I'm like, okay, wow. Um, but what I, what I actually found with both of them was they launched 21 shares because they were talking to their parents and their parents wanted to invest in Bitcoin and it was actually their mothers. And they were like, we don't know what to do and we don't want to go to any of these crypto exchanges. And they were like, well, there must be an easier way. And then they went down this rabbit hole of ETPs. By the way, never knew what an ETP was before this, apparently. Um, and they went down this rabbit hole, looked at ETPs and looked at an exchange traded product and exchange traded funds and launched what is now 21 as the biggest crypto fund manager. So it is for them. Um, from a risk side, we talked about custody. We talked about security. I think that's the key part. We take all of that away from the investor that we try to de-risk it in some way. There's obviously always going to be risk, but we try to de-risk a lot of those, those key risks that you may generally have, you know, keeping that key safe. I think there was a Hamish and Andy episode where they bought one Bitcoin yeah. <laughs> and, and they're still trying to work out. They what are, the, I can confirm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, um, you know, they're, they're sitting on what, however many Bitcoin or whatever X amount is, but they wouldn't have that problem if they bought the ETF. Um, I totally know this already, but for someone who isn't across it, what is an ETP? <laughs> uh, exchange traded product. Nice. So if you think yeah, about the the, fam <laughs> the family of an the ETF belongs to the family of exchange traded products, essentially. So yeah, ETP, ETF, they're very much one and the same thing. New word. There we yeah. go. Uh, yeah. You mentioned, or we mentioned off the top of the episode, that these ETFs are listed on the SIBO, not the ASX. Can you explain that? <laughs> yeah, sure. So SIBO Australia, it was formerly known as CHIAX, um, which is essentially an alternative exchange to the ASX. So think about in the US where you've got um, the New York Stock Exchange, but you've also got the NASDAQ as well. So you've got sort of two exchanges and the market there is grown to a size where they can actually support more than those two. They've got many other exchanges as well. In Australia, the ASX was the primary exchange and we have listed many of our funds on the ASX and we will continue to do so. But we were given the opportunity to look at utilizing the CHIAX or now it's called CBO, CBOE Australia and their exchange and essentially it's an alternative exchange. So. To the actual investor, do they know, you know, when they go on Comsec or Selfwell, Superhero, Sharesies, whatever it is, Stake, et cetera, do they actually know when they're buying a stock or buying an ETF, which exchange it actually ends up routing through? Probably not. And it could actually route through CBO, CBOE, or it actually could route through the ASX um, because a lot of, a lot of products are cross-listed. But for these products, we chose to launch it with, with CBO Australia. One, it's good to have competition in the market. I think that that's always positive. Um, SIBO obviously allowed us to also be first to market as well. So that was a positive. And that was really important to us um, to ensure that we were able to launch the first physical Bitcoin and Ethereums in Australia. So Kinesh, each episode we have been asking our guests to add a stock, company, news trend or industry to our watch list. And the purpose of this really is to get us thinking outside of the box and broaden our horizons in the investing space. We're not financial advisors and it is just for educational purposes, but I am very excited to hear what are you bringing to the watch list today? Sure. So for me, it's actually a bit of a boring one, <laughs> um, but I think an important one, and that is gold. 
Um, ah, so yeah, so five golds being added to the watch list. There you go. Good. Yeah, because I I figured there'd be a lot of um, sort of momentum stocks or you know tech and, and thematic ETFs, and I did think should I talk about like semiconductors or something yeah. like that? But I thought no, actually gold's a really interesting one because <laughs> it, essentially for us, I talked about how Bitcoin is a growth alternative. Gold is a defensive alternative. So gold is your portfolio insurance. So it's not a gold mining stock. It's not like a new crest or anything like that. It essentially is a, a commodity and we've got the physical gold product, G-O-L-D. So how do, you, how do you essentially use it? It's portfolio insurance. So when you have a house or a car and you don't insure the house and the car after the car gets stolen or after a fire in the house, you want to do it before. And the same concept with gold as a portfolio insurance. So we want to have that in the portfolio beforehand. Again, depending upon someone's risk profile, we've generally seen gold be used between two to 5% in a portfolio. We've got some clients that go very bullish, 10%, 15% in a portfolio, and that depending upon how they see the world going, but in a climate of equity volatility, geopolitical events, inflation rising, gold is a really good hedge to those types of um, events. So for me, it's, it's physical gold. It's boring, but you know, it, it works. And it's worked for, for centuries. We do track the overall returns from our watch list. So hopefully this will help to d- d- diversify d- 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 this will and level it. out those returns. <laughs> you know what I also think will be funny is that when we were recording this podcast with guests over 2021, everyone was obviously feeling yeah. very bullish and we had a lot of, you know, tech stocks <laughs> added. So now I wonder if all our guests are going to start adding assets, yeah. more defensive oh, assets yeah. to the watch list. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Just pure cash. We'll just yeah. change. Now, to round out the episode, we wanted to ask, what would be your piece of advice for someone who is starting out on their crypto um, journey? That's a, I think on the crypto journey, it's making sure you read information, do your research, obviously, but read it from reputable sources. Um, don't follow the herd and don't, don't, don't follow the momentum or the trend. You know, invest according to what your your beliefs are, your risk profile is, and, and how you want to invest. I think that's really important. We get sometimes caught up in media headlines. And you know, often the media headlines will always be about a negative. It's never really about you know the positives. So when Bitcoin jumps 5% overnight, we don't necessarily hear too much about that. We always hear Bitcoin's dropped $3,000 or $2,000 or 10%. So when I talked about the crypto hub that we obviously have, you know, that is a bit of a plug there, but it's really around going to reputable sources, don't going, not going to people that just offer personal views and don't follow that, that herd and that trend and, and do your research and invest accordingly with crypto because it is volatile. So don't bet your house on it is something that I would say, you know, be diversified across different asset classes and cryptocurrency could just be one of those exposures. Some sage advice. I do feel slightly attacked <laughs> when you talk about going with the momentum, but I'll, I'll look past that. Kanesh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. It's very exciting to hear that finally we do have some new options in the crypto space uh, in the two ETFs that you guys are launching. So I appreciate you giving us all the intel we need. No, thank you guys for having me. Such a great chat with Kanish, And I have to say, he was talking in there about how the owners of 21 shares are creating a product for their mums. And I was laughing because my mum, and I know I can say this because she won't listen to this episode. She listens <laughs> to every episode, but anything related to crypto, she refuses. I don't know if my mum would know what Bitcoin was. 
Like maybe I'll test. I'm getting dinner with her tomorrow night. I reckon I'm going to ask out. her. I'm going to ask her actually for what her best definition of a Bitcoin is. And then I'm going to actually <laughs> nice. make it Can into you record content. It? Yeah. <laughs> my mom actually got angry at me when I told her that I invested in <laughs> cryptocurrencies. Oh my gosh. Mums, come on. Get with the times. I know. <laughs> If you are wanting more information about the crypto space, we will definitely be posting about it in our Facebook community and have a bit of discussion going on there, YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. As always, post your questions, send us DMs on Instagram, YIGC Podcast. And if you can, we would really appreciate you liking, subscribing, reviewing the podcast, sending it to a friend, whatever you can do to help. We appreciate it. And follow us on Instagram at YGC Podcast. I said that. Oh, sorry. Did you? (laughs) We will catch you next week. (laughs) Bye. You're in good company is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of You're in Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Your In Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.